When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. We're getting close to Bears camp. It's literally just days away. Football season, it's right around the corner. It's so close, you can almost taste it. I'm Russ Woldewitt, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. We've been here every step of the way throughout the entire offseason that began in January. We've seen coaches let go, new ones hired, some promoted, players released, new players signed via free agency and drafted. We took every single position underneath a microscope and discussed all 90 players that are heading to Bears camp in just a couple days. Previously, we talked about our top 10 storylines to watch at Chicago Bears camp. So all we need to do now is predict which of those 90 are going to make that final roster when camp comes to a close. So in this episode, you get not one, not two, but three different Bears 53-man roster predictions. Now, of course, I'm not going to give you three different guesses. I have my prediction, but my co-hosts, they're on to kind of share theirs. So let's go ahead and bring on Nicholas Moriano and Mason West. Nick, are you excited for Bears camp as much as I am? I feel like last year felt weird just due to COVID and things were very kind of locked down. So things feel a little bit more, at least for me, uh, normal with that original sense of just excitement, knowing that, you know, we're at the end of July and Bears camp, it's right here. It is right here. And I just remember all the times we went to Bourbon A. Will and how much how much fun that was just getting to cover Bears camp. And obviously things are changing. We're not going to be able to do that at Bourbon A anymore, but it'll be hell song. You know, at least I'll get to go for some of them. So I am really excited to see how this team's shaping up and just to see these guys really in person. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, you're going to rub it in again, aren't you? Uh, that you get to go there in person. And Mason and I are just shut out. Bear said no entry. I'm taking Mason in a backpack, remember? So oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm right. I'm slimming down this week. And you're still we and you're stretching. Yes, got to stay limber. Perfect. It's almost like we did two recordings in one night, and we just talked about that like 15 minutes ago. Maybe. Maybe. So if people listen to the end of the episode last time and the beginning of this one, they know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, but I'm actually curious, Nick, uh, congratulations, by the way. I forgot to say it in the previous episode. I know we don't get too personal on here, but I know you just had your two-year anniversary uh, with Stephanie. And I just want to say congrats. It's been you know awesome to see. And I know that's something that you cherish. And you guys are a great couple. And I can't believe it's already been two years. I know. It's been going by so fast. And COVID kind of... I don't know. It messes with your time sometimes, but yeah, two years, 
um, just a couple days ago. So it's it's a milestone for sure. And we're going to keep that going. But yeah, it was a great time. Got to just be together, but many more to come for sure. Oh, that's exciting to hear. Mason, how about you? Anything uh, in particular uh, happened to you this week that's been in, you know, great news or it doesn't have to be as great as like that kind of a milestone, but anything stand out? No, I think Nick has me beat. You know, speaking of training camp, the last three years before COVID, my wife and I, now wife, started going, and she slowly started getting more into football uh, when we hit up training camp. It was really cool. And then, of course, the Bears changed up and said we're going to Hallis Hall, and then COVID hit. So that kind of put a kibosh on that. And then we're like, all right, we're going to get tickets this year. And then we didn't. And that was kind of our thing because both of our birthdays are in August. So we were like our, the kind of our birthday gift to each other. And so now I had to find a new gift to give her. So the Bears ruined that for me. Mm. I'm certain your plan B is going to be tremendous, though, and you'll yeah. come, you know, with a great gift. You know, we're working on some merch designs, so maybe a Chicago Audible shirt will do the trick. Oh, probably. I mean, she loves my T-shirts as long as you know they're a little bigger. Fair enough. Really good point. Uh, for me, I just want to let everyone know, like, this is my last show for about a week and a half. Uh, I'll be on vacation, first one in a little over three years. Uh, so the burnout, it's a real thing. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of refresh right before pre preseason comes. And speaking of preseason, guys, you all saw that all three of the Bears preseason games are going to be nationally televised on the NFL Network. Are we going to bring back what we did at the end of last season with those live streams? Hey, they were fun. Why not? I'm, I'm down for it. We're going to see Justin Fields. I, we might as well. Yeah, I mean, why not discuss what we're watching in real time here on YouTube? And we'll do our post-game show podcast per usual, but I thought we were building some really good chemistry together at the end of last season, live streaming some games, not showing the game because, you know, copyright and such, but talking about what we're watching. So if you want to hang out with us during some of those Bears preseason games, great reason to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I would love... Uh, the opportunity to hang out with you, discuss that Bears game as it unfolds. And of course, uh, we'll wrap it all up with the post-game show. But I, I guess I need Mason to be on board, too. Hey, I'm totally on board, except uh, the Bills one. I will be at the game. That's right. So I can always, uh, you know, text in my reactions. <laughs> you can always use the, you know, the magic link to get in the show from your phone. I think my wife would probably hate that I'm doing the middle of the game <laughs> instead of actually enjoying it with her. Oh, <laughs> I meant like after the game. To... Oh, after the game, yeah, I could do after. <laughs> cool. That that sounds like a plan. So I'm excited, guys. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Uh, we have to go position by position and tell everyone who we believe will make their roster. Again, this is a pre-camp prediction, just in case you find this episode somewhere down the line and you're like, well, this makes no sense. This is pre-training camp. Things can definitely change uh, what we're about to go through here. But Nick, before we do that, uh, I think you know the drill by now. Can you share a message to our listeners from our friends over at Manscaped? I sure can, Will. And you probably heard this before, but the Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't a wild and hairy bush? Tame your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Guys, do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code FANSIDED20. This package also comes with the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in both your nose and ears this tool is a lock to take home gold in the biathlon and the weed whacker is waterproof 
and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the fan with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. Well done, sir. I'm excited to hand out some 53-man roster predictions. And I, Nick, I know you just had a mouthful with that ad read, but did you overachieve and did you do all 16 players for a practice squad? I did. I did oh put all God. 16 in. So, I was wondering why you asked about that earlier. Jeez. I'm going to name them. I'm going to name all 16 at the end here. No, we don't have to. But I did put – I just looked at the list like who, who's likely to make it. But I did. That's why I asked the question. So it's on there at the bottom. We'll do it. I'm not going to say I, I'm not going to guarantee I'll have all 16. I do have like prime practice squad candidates because I feel like – Every year, you're going to have a handful of guys that weren't here. They got cut somewhere else, and then they kind of get housed over. But if you think there are 16 players on this 90 that are worth keeping after the fact, I'm excited to find out at the end of the show. So we're going to start on offense, and then we're going to work our way around the horn. So if you're wondering what order we're going to go in, it's like old-school post-game show order. Like, if you've been listening for years, you know the drill. You know the orders that we like to talk about. So first up is going to be those quarterbacks. And this is probably going to be a real quick discussion because we did count down to camp for quarterbacks a week ago, and it feels like we're kind of stuck uh, with our options here. Not all a bad thing, but one of them in particular. So I'm assuming we all have three quarterbacks making the roster given the current situation, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just say Justin Field, Dandy Dalton, Nick Foles, all three are kind of locked in. Unless a trade happens for Nick Foles, there's no other way to get rid of them. So anything else you wanted to say there? I feel like this is one where we can just kind of matter-of-factly say this is what it is, and then we can have some more deeper conversations throughout the other positions. We have three of the 53. There we go. Moving on. Yes, let's move to the next one. All right, let's talk about running back. Uh, how many running backs do you have making this roster, and who are they? And I want to know, again, uh, I'm not trying to make segments about locks and bubble players, but if there are any that you're like, this guy's 100% making the team, or I have this guy who's sneaking in on my bubble as you're making your roster, I would love to know those details. I'm sure our listeners would as well. So, Mason, I go to you first. How many running backs, and who are they? Uh, I have five running backs. Uh, sneaking onto the roster, you know, Dave Montgomery, Damian Williams, Williams, Khalil Herbert, Ryan Nall, and CJ Maribel. Okay, wow. So five running backs, and I know that means – you didn't say Cohen's name, right? I didn't hear that. No, Tariq Cohen, just seeing – so when you see, like, Saquon Barkley, for example, because they got injured kind of around the same time – He's posting videos and he's like making these, he's making cuts, he's working out. I mean, it's pretty robust. You just, I mean, Tariq's got some stuff going on in his own personal life, things like that. But I mean, you're not really seeing that from Tariq Cohen right now. Um, And then the glimpses you are seeing, again, I've said this in previous episodes, he's just looking pretty stiff. He just seems like the kind of guy, if he was on the precipice of coming back, that you know, you'd see him a little more active in things like the videos the Bears put out, social media. That's just kind of who he is. He's just such a happy-go-lucky person normally. Um, so I have him on the pup. 
I have him on the pup too, but I do not have five running backs making this roster. I actually only have three. Nick, before I give you my three, who do you have? Or how many do you have? I have three, and I'll go with my three first. We'll see if we're in line here. David mm-hmm. Montgomery, Damian Williams, and Khalil Herbert. That's the three. So, Mason, I think it's worth asking what about Nall, what about Marble kind of led you to sneaking them in? And I know at the end we can talk about some other positions that, you know, maybe didn't stack up correctly to kind of give you some of these spots. But what about those players specifically gave you enough to give them a spot? Yeah, so the players, right, that are that fourth, fifth, maybe, you know, maybe arguing six, depending on the position you're looking at, they have to be able to contribute on special teams. And Ryan Nall was a stalwart in the Bears special teams. And you have, you know, some individuals leaving, Cordero Patterson, Sherrick McManus, some of those guys who really contributed. And I would like, just like to keep a guy like Ryan Nall around who you know what you're going to get out of him in that group. You know what you're going to get out of them on, you know, a kick return, uh, punt return group, blocking, things like that. Um, in terms of CJ, he's got a surprising amount of wiggle to him. I think that um, that he actually can be a solid committee back. And just how I think Nagy's going to shift a little bit. I feel, really do feel he's going to shift to the run. And he did have some special teams. By him, I mean CJ. had some special teams work that he even did when he was, you know, in college. So just, again, filling kind of those multiple roles, being able to be a Swiss Army knife. All right. That makes sense. I mean, I assume once we get to the bottom end, special teams plays a larger role. Uh, Again, as we go through the roster, I'll explain which other players I have making it, I think are going to be better potential options for special teams plays. But uh, I like that you're trying to keep as many running backs as you can here in Chicago. Give the Bears as many options as they need in the backfield, potentially, depending on how things shake out. Uh, Injuries, whatever may ever happen this season, but also getting in some of that special teams play. So that all works out. Anything you needed to say or wanted to say on your three, Nick, they seem uh, like me. I didn't put any additional notes. They were the clear cut, obvious choices. All three were locks. All three were locks. And just to clarify for anyone, where's three Cohen who may be listening just now on the pup. That's how all of us see it kind Mm -hmm. of playing out early on. Whenever he comes back yet to be seen, but that's where we see three Cohen on the pup list to start the season. That's correct. Tariq's on my pup as well, which opens up another roster spot that I was able to fill elsewhere, and we'll get there. So moving over to wide receiver, I have a grand total of six receivers making this team. Mason? I also have six. Nick? I have seven. All right. So how do I want to – I did Mason first with the longer list, so I feel like, Nick, you're going to have to go first here. So who are your seven and why? Yeah, so I have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, Daz Newsome, Marquise Goodwin, Javon Wims, and now because of the pup with Tree Cohen, that opened up a spot for me to put Demir Bird to make it as the seventh wide receiver. I initially had six and then forgot about, not forgot, but I just like, oh, I was going to put Tree Cohen on the pup. So where does it open up? I put Bird there just because, again, of that speed and what he could possibly do in this Bears offense, knowing that I think this these quarterbacks are going to take more vertical shots down the field. But initially I did have six, but I'm going with seven now because of Tariq Cohen being on the pup. Okay. So out of those, who are your locks and who's your bubble? Because there's a name that's really surprised me that made this team. You're, you're talking, I think the, the guy that you're talking about, Javon Wims, being yes, the bubble guy. And again, I explained this on the wide receiver episode. He fits naturally behind Allen Robinson in terms of position. 
where you're going to see him play as that X wide receiver. So that he's my bubble guy as well, but he is a guy that I do see filling in because of really that positional value. Because all the other guys naturally follow suit behind the starter. Daz Newsome behind Miller. You have Mooney. And then Goodwin was my initial guy. And now you can also have Bird be that Z wide receiver. Then obviously Allen Robinson is a starter for, for Wims like I was just talking about. But yeah, the Javon Wims, I, I can guarantee he's not on your guys' 53. But I just feel like he made it because of, one, he does have some familiarity, obviously being with Matt Nagy in this offense for a little bit. But because he is that X receiver and really there isn't another guy body type wise. And you notice I didn't say Riley Ridley, but I think Javon Wims has the upper hand over Riley Ridley. That's why I have him making it. All right, Mason, uh, I'll give you my six. Let me know if yours are in alignment. I have Robinson, Mooney, Newsom, Goodwin, Miller, and Bird. Yeah, I have the same. I just don't see Javon Wims having a place on this team. I see what Nick is saying, uh, but I think, we've seen enough creativity from Nagy and we've seen enough interchangeability, right? I mean, DeAndre Hopkins plays in the slot sometimes, right? I mean, like that's where the NFL is going nowadays. It's not as established of, Hey, you're an outside, you're an inside tight ends, right. Are playing on the outside. Um, the, the fights that he's been in the lack of productivity. I just don't think there's a place for whims anymore. Yeah. Again, guys are more interchangeable. You want some of your top guys to play inside because that gives them so much more feel that they get to work with it allows them to be a little bit more dynamic with their routes and just more space for them to create that separation uh so i agree with that statement i'm curious your thoughts mason nick said that his surprise was a dimeter bird to me he's not a lack but i don't think it's a surprise if he makes this team no i'm pretty i'm pretty confident that he makes this team i think his speed is something that the, the Bears really covet. Um, he, when he when they signed him, they spoke very highly of him. Uh, I think if you go back to the wide receiver episode, you saw Bill Belichick. He doesn't necessarily talk or hand out compliments easily, and he spoke very highly of a Jameer Bird. And Bird was pretty productive with a quarterback that has not a great arm anymore, one could say. So just to put up the numbers that he was able to is pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, he was a very much a focal point for that Patriots offense. And if he can come here and just needs to be like a third to fourth option, give or take on any given week, like he should be able to thrive uh, within that limited role and really suffice and really kind of elevate the floor uh, of this entire receiving room. I feel like if you did keep uh, a whims or Ridley over him, you're just really taking that bottom and dropping it so far. And this at least keeps it where all those guys playing have a higher this capability and potential to at least produce uh, in this offense. So yeah, for me, it's Riley Ridley. And uh, for Javon Wims, I will, you know, call it like it's an easy touchdown catch and just drop him from the team. Ew. I know. All right, let's move on to tight end. I have four tight ends making the team, Nick. Four tight ends as well. Mason? Quattro. Quattro. So I'm going to go to Mason first because I know the very first name that you're going to mention is not Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham. No, number one tight end is Jake Butt, followed <laughs> by Cole Komet, then Jimmy Graham, and then J.P. Holtz. But in all seriousness, Komet, Graham, Holtz, and Butt? Yeah, those, those are the four. <laughs> okay, those are my four as well. This one felt fairly straightforward. I felt real bad for Jesper Horstead. Uh, everyone knows I'm all about that Horstead hype, um, but with that 
Jake Butt addition. I feel like he's going to get squeezed out. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know about his practice squad eligibility at this stage of his career. Uh, if he still has some, I would love him to stay here in Chicago. Um, but uh, those rules change each and every year. And when I was looking it up in my lunch break, I couldn't make heads or tails of it sometimes. So I'm going to say sorry to Jesper. Bring him back in a practice squad if you can. And if not, not uh, I feel bad. I, I would love to keep him here in Chicago. But that's my four. Nick, I'm assuming you just have uh, a whole different four that they're going to just pick up off the street. Yeah, actually, that'd be tough to do. I don't think the Bears actually have enough tight ends anymore to do that. You know, a couple years ago, you could definitely make another you know, four tight ends and interchange them. But have the same four, and I put like a surprise. It would be a surprise to me if Jake Butt didn't make this team and Jesper Horstead did. It's like, so that's how I kind of put it for that scenario. But same exact four, and yeah, I think the addition of Jake Butt, if, again, health is his biggest thing. If he could stay healthy, he has a spot on this team. All right, let's move on to the final offensive position. Now, this one, I think I'd get interesting because there's a lot of different combinations, a lot of different options. We talked about it in our previous episode with the top 10 storylines. We don't know what's happening with the Bears offensive line yet. There's so much unknown, so many variables that are yet to be kind of played out throughout camp to make a really strong guess. But I feel like I know, give or take, which linemen at least be on the team. I just don't know where they're going to line up and play come week one. So I have, I can't count that much. Is it eight? Let me count one, two, three, four, nine. I'm going to say nine. I may change my number though. Uh, I'm going to have to count because mine's a running list. Uh, it goes 17 through 24 on my 53, if anyone's that good at math. But Nick, how many do you have? I have eight. Yeah, mine's eight, apparently, too. I just did the whole <laughs> clicking going down the list and counting. So I have eight as well. Uh, so nine was not true. I have eight. Mason? Yeah, I also have eight. Man. So, okay. So we all have eight going on offensive line. Let's go to Nick first. Who are your eight? So I'm going from left to right here and then going into the backups, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustford, James Daniels, Jermaine Fetty, Elijah Wilkinson, Alex Bars, and Larry Borum as the eight linemen that will make it. So you said Whitehair, Daniels, Jenkins, Fetty, Mustafer, Bars, Borum, and Wilkinson? Yep. Cool. I, was, I have a little chart that I'm coming up with in my notepad to kind of see where we're going different. Uh, so you went quick. So I was trying to make sure I kept up. Those are my eight, by the way. So congratulations for uh, coming up with the correct eight. How about you, Mason? Do you have the right eight? I have the exact same eight. I, unless you're going to keep a ninth one, I don't really see how one, anyone else really makes it. I mean, there's interesting people like Dieter, you know, is an interesting guy. Badar Traor, just because his name is sweet. But those are like, in theory, the eight best linemen the Bears have. Okay. And well, uh, I will say this in 2020, the Bears did carry nine, and I had as a dark horse Theodore Eason just because I saw him work out today. Like I said, he is he's stronger than James Daniels. Like, and you could tell just from the weight that he pushes up and just his work ethic, too. And it, it was so funny. They were talking about how much they sweat when they were there. And Dieter's like, Yeah, dude, this is genetic. Like, I just, I'm like a, a, a drenched pool every time I go anywhere. It's like, it's nasty, but can't do anything about it. But that was my dark horse potentially to to make it but again i do have eight offensive line okay so after we went through the entire offense i have again i had 24 guys mason had 26 and then you had 25 so defense is going to get a little interesting to see what you all are going to do with less spots compared to who i have making the team because i should have additional defenders uh if my calculations are correct i hope i counted right <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm going off my little haphazard chart uh, that I'm squiggling down as we go. So that does it for the offense. That's now complete. Uh, so before we jump into the defense, uh, just one quick second again uh, to thank everyone who left reviews over on Apple Podcasts, helping spread the word of our show, sharing your feedback. One quick reminder for our free Bear Shirts giveaway winner, Samina, S-A-M-I-N-A. Again, we're doing a double recording night. Uh, so I just want to make sure if you didn't hear your shout out or actually uh, the announcement uh, that you were the winner of our free Bear Shirts giveaway, please reach out to us on social media. Send me an email at will at chicagoaudible.com. Uh, however you want to reach out to us and we will send that jersey over to you uh, as soon as possible and if you're listening to this when the episode comes out i'm on vacation uh, so it may just take a little bit of time for me to get back to send it to you but i'll do it as soon as i return all right so now that two of you were able to catch your breaths uh, i'm i'm doing that real quickly here let's go ahead and jump back in and turn our attention over to that bears defense so moving over to our bears defensive line I have five defensive linemen making this team. Mason? I have six. Where are you pulling these numbers from? I'm getting nervous about the back end of this defense. I got to double check my math, apparently. Hold on. (laughs) You you guys keep going. Yep. You have six. I have five. Nick? I have five as well, Will. Um, We'll we'll name our five, and then we'll see who the additional one that Mason has. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'll go ahead and begin. Nick, tell me if there's anyone different. Uh, uh, I have a Keaton Hicks, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Mario Edwards, and Angela Blackson. Here. Perfect. That's a nice, easy five. Is there anything you wanted to say about those five? I felt like, again, very obvious. Obvious, and I think, and I've talked about Angela Blackson a lot. I really like that addition to his Bears defensive line. And they, you know what? I, maybe the sixth one could be because. Mario Edwards is missing two games, so you maybe can you can add somebody there to, for for at least those two games, be that placeholder. But I kind of I'm curious to see who uh, Mason has over here for a sixth game. Yeah, Mason, who is your sixth? I did math; it adds up to fifty three. I'm just saying. Okay. 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 <laughs> so I have no idea what you guys said because I was counting. But my six total <laughs> are Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, Mario Edwards, Angela Blackson, and Tonga. Yep. Uh, Tonga was the last one that I just didn't see the spot for, at least on my team. Uh, my team, like I own them. Like, like it's my prediction uh, here for the 53, although I do have them on the practice squad. So there's one Will's practice squad candidate uh, that I can really share here uh, as we go throughout the show. But again, you're not going without Akeem. You're not going without Bilal. Eddie Goldman's going to be fine. Mario Edwards signed a new contract. And Angel Blacks and the Bears brought him in, and he should be able to play to a Brent Urban type of level. So there's no one here that surprises me. Uh, so let's move on to outside linebackers. I have five. Mason, you better start finding some numbers to cut. You better have four. I have seven. Yeah, I have four. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to check your math if you had seven. All right, so you have you have like Eddie Jackson playing corner and safety, and that's it at that rate. I had Khalil Mack kicking. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. It all adds up at the end of the day. Sacrifices were made, but ones that are going to help this team. So I have, I said five. You actually have four, you said? Four, yeah, four. Nick? I have five as well. All right, so we're going to go with five, Nick, since I gave the five for the defensive lineman. Actually, let's let Mason do his four, and then we can probably add the additional. Yeah, so I had uh, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Jeremiah Tachu, and Travis Gibson. Wonderful. 
That's exactly the first four on my list. Nick, is that the first four on your list? It is. So for number five here, you're going to go James Vodders, Charles Snowden, Lil Mac. Where did your brain go? It went to James Vodders. It went to the most experienced guy out of those last two that you mentioned there. And I do have Charles Snowden as a dark horse over Vodders if they were to go in that scenario. But, yep, James Vodders is my fifth. Can you at least let me make Charles Snowden like my dark horse since he's on my list as my dark horse and he's actually on my 53-man roster prediction? Ooh, okay. So, yes, I like I, that. And, you know, I'm a big Vodders guy, someone that stood out in preseason years ago. I've been loving watching Vodders just grow into a decent role. I just feel like there's some reason, some part of me says that Snowden's going to ball out in camp and he's going to sh- kind of have that Vodders-esque kind of production, but we all know he has the higher upside when it comes to the athletic traits and ability. So I feel like if you're going to just add to the bottom end, you may as well make it be Snowden because I feel like at this stage, Vodder's playing behind Gibson. If we're going back to what Mason said in the previous episode, this year's about development. I feel like we probably saw about the ceiling that Vodder's can provide us. Why not give Snowden some of those reps on the back end? That's just kind of where I sit right now. This is probably the one that I struggled with the most because I'm pretty sure if the Bears were to cut Snowden, that he would get picked up by somebody else. He, I don't think he's making exactly. it to your practice squad. So there was like between him and CJ, and I honestly flipped a coin, to be completely honest, and it ended up on CJ. Okay, see, I was going to say, if you didn't take five running backs, you could have had Charles Snowden. You could have done four backs. You know what? Just for the same reason Robert Quinn ended up on the Bears, that's how I ended up with CJ Maribel. <laughs> so... You know, <laughs> you, you live and you learn. Yeah, you're right. You, you didn't learn it from Robert, but you at least tried the same exact route. But, uh, uh, Mason, you hit the most excellent point, though, of the whole thing that I didn't even mention. I don't think that Snowden, if you let him go, that kid does not clear waivers. Someone's going to pick him up and would love to have him on their active roster, and he won't make it back to the practice squad. The Bears won't be able to do that. So, uh, looking at the roster, I feel like you just got to do it. I bring them on. So for me, that's why I'm going to go with the upside on and bank on a kid here. Uh, let's move on to inside linebackers. I have five. Nick has four. Mason? Four. Four. Okay, so you guys are making up some numbers here. So give me your four, and I'll tell you who I have making it as well. Let's go to Mason first. Uh, Roquan Smith, Dan Trevathan. Uh, Joey Ibiniwe and Christian Jones. All right, Nick, is that your four, or do you have some differences? Because this bottom end, this this is a group that I feel like can go a few different ways. I do have a different four. Instead of Joel Ibiniwe, I have Josh Woods making it, and I have again like dark horse Joel Ibiniwe makes it over Josh Woods, which not too crazy, but that's who I have. Well, I think you guys can maybe put two and two together. My five is a combination of both your fours. I have Smith, Trevathan, Jones, EA, Booneyway, and Woods. Uh, when I'm looking at special teams in particularly, Joel has, plays a ton of snaps on that special teams. You're looking at like 80% each and every season. Josh Woods, not as much, but he still provides a ton of special teams value. Uh, I think if Mason, if we're going to try to you know compare and contrast, I think maybe a little bit more special teams value. Wait, who did you have on your final? What Did you have Woods or did you have Iggy again? No, I had Iggy anyway for the exact reason you said, yeah. uh, just the special teams role. So I feel like Josh Woods, though, over like a CJ Marble will still provide you with a little bit more of that special teams 
uh, prowess right out of the gate. Uh, although I like, again, I like that you're trying to keep some young backs on this team. Uh, I just feel like if we're trying to come up with the best special teams unit, I'd rather have a linebacker, you know, and kick coverage than potentially uh, a running back. I would have someone that can go down there, pursuit and tackle. And that's saying that Marvel both. can't. I fit them both in both. there. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hmm. I'm going to have the best special teams unit the Bears have ever seen. Maybe. We'll see. And I will say the Josh Woods to Joel E.A. Buniwe. E.A. Buniwe has about 100 more special team snaps than, than a Josh Woods. But if you had to throw somebody out there to play linebacker, the Bears already showed their hand. They'd rather go with Josh Woods than E.A. Buniwe. But you hope it never gets to that point. Well, that's why we brought in Christian Jones. Uh, yeah. Josh Jones Woods, though, yeah. too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so... Um, but Bears linebackers, starting linebackers, they've gone down in the past. So they're just hoping you never get to that point. Yeah, if we get down to Iggy or Woods, we're in trouble. I feel like, you know, we can handle, if Trevathan goes down, Christian Jones would be serviceable to replace. You can't replace Roquan in this defense. There's not one person in this team that is even close uh, to doing that. So, yeah, let's uh, let's hope it doesn't come to the worst-case scenario. Let's move on to cornerback. I got five again. Nick? I have six. Mason? Six. Okay, fellas. So let's bring it on. I will give you my five. Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley. Oh, wait, this is six. Thomas Graham Jr., Trey Roberson, and Desmond Trufant. Those are going to be my six. I'm certain there are differences and discrepancies here. Let's go to Mason because your eyebrows scream. What are you doing, Will? So I have Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, Trey Roberson, Artie Burns, Duke Shelley, Thomas Graham. See, I really wanted to do something with Burns. I just don't know about the health. So you're thinking he'll be A-OK? I'm thinking that he's going to be fine coming in just based off when he got injured is a big thing. And then when you look at what, what they got up with True Font, I mean, he was not healthy either, right? I mean, he missed that. It's, it's a soft tissue issue, which is not nearly as bad as, you know, when you have an ACL tear. But even if you just look at performance last year, he was 120th out of 121, according to PFF, put that out there. PFF is questionable at times. But when you're ranked that low, I mean, that's rough. I just, and he's not, they're not paying Trufant a lot. Uh I feel I feel more comfortable with Burns' health than I do with a combo of Trufant's health slash performance. I can get behind that. I just feel like with that better surrounding cast, Trufant, if he can stay healthy, should be able to play at a good level enough to keep him around. But I made this list before our previous episode, and you made some good points about if Vildor's even close. Maybe you just give him, you know, the nod. Instead, use that roster spot somewhere else and start developing one of your younger players, if if it's close. So that's persuading me, but I'm going to stick with my 53 that I came up here with this episode. Nick, how about you? What's going to be your sixth? Yeah, I have Jalen Johnson, Kendall Vildor, Desmond Trufant, Artie Burns, Duke Shelley, and Thomas Graham Jr. So a little bit different, but yeah, the Desmond Trufant one, if he doesn't win out, then it is almost seen as a wasted roster spot because I don't know how much special teams a nine-year veteran is going to play, especially at that age and the injuries he's had, but he was brought here to potentially compete for the cornerback number two spot. And I think that's – it could be – I we haven't talked about it enough about Artie Burns kind of you know competing there, but he could. 
He could, and I think maybe it could be a long, drawn-out camp to where maybe you do have to wait till the end to see who comes out victorious. But I think Kindle Vildor does have the upper hand to start, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, again, if it's close, I would take a healthy Burns over Trufant because Burns is still very young and had a lot of hardship throughout his early on of his career. And when he, when his life is a little bit more stable at that rookie season, he did some good things over there in Pittsburgh. So if it's close, I would, depending on who it is, I would just go with the youngest guy possible with the most potential and not just go with the vet uh, for the sake of it. And Mason, you hit it. Such a small contract that the Bears can easily get out of. Just right now, I feel like, he squeezes in. I think he can show that he has a little bit left in the tank, but we'll see. Uh, it can go either way. Let's move on over to safety. I got five. Mason? Four. Nick? Five. All right. So give me your four, Mr. West. Eddie Jackson, Deshaun Gibson, DeAndre Houston Carson, Dion Bush. Status quo. Yep. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's why you ranked uh, when we did our top 10 storylines, like the who's actually backing up the safeties like towards the bottom of your list because it's the same thing in your eyes. Yeah, it's just, you know what you're going to get and you're going to get something that's relatively solid. We talked about in the safety episode, you know, DeAndre Hughes and Carson came in and had some pretty cool plays two games in a row. Deion Bush has always got a little bit of that sparkle that you think he's going to do a little bit more and he usually doesn't, but you hope. And the two starters are set. All right. So I think, Nick, depending on your answer, you and I may have a very similar discussion to what Mason and I had in our Countdown to Camp Safeties episode. Don't know if you listened to it. I know you didn't listen to special teams. I say you didn't, and that's good because we can have this conversation. Who is your fifth? Is it Marky Christian or is it Jordan Lucas? It's actually, no, it's Jordan Lucas. I think he was supposed to be a guy that, was going to make this roster, but obviously opted out for the 2020 season. And we talked about the experience that he would have had bringing in and being almost that shared McManus type of role. Now that he's gone, I think he could provide that with this, not necessarily young secondary, because that's not really the case, but can still provide that and be seen most likely as a contributor on special teams where he's kind of made his, his, I guess, forte in the league. So that's where I see, Jordan Lucas and why I see Jordan Lucas making this 53-man roster. All right, Mason, can you just tell him everything I told you last time? Because you also had Jordan Lucas during Countdown to Camp, and I told you, no, it's going to be Marquis Christian, who I have making my 53. And here we go again, because last year I had to tell Nick why DHC was going to make the roster over Jordan Lucas, and Lucas opted out. So now I have to do it again with Marquis Christian. So uh, first of all, you talked about the Sherrick McManus role. I think that's DeAndre Houston Carson's now. I think he proved that last season. He's been out there a ton on special teams and also the ability to step in and make a clutch defensive play. That is Sherrick McManus to a T. Uh, and then Marquis Christian, comparing him to Lucas throughout his career, Christian's played in more special team snaps in terms of the percentage for his teams. Uh, and he's also played on more defensive snaps for the Rams. Uh, Wade Phillips used him more as a, a, a hybrid safety uh, between linebacker and a box safety. And I feel like that gives Sean Desai... A uh, few extra tools up his sleeve to maybe utilize in just a Lucas, who is only uh, special teams. And I feel like the Bears bringing in uh, Marquis Christian a couple of times after you know he wanted to tango with the Jets for a little while speaks volumes of how much they like him in this locker room, or at least around the building. And he has a chance to earn a spot, and I think he will. Well, we're forgetting one key thing, though. It revolves the head coach of this Bears football team. 
Matt Nagy and his connection with the Chiefs. And you look at just connections with players he's had previous. He kept Demetrius Harris on this team longer than he should have. He also <laughs> went to go get Nick Foles. <laughs> like he went to go get guys that he knows with and can get just I get good feedback from players because he trusts those people. So I think that also weighs into the consideration of why maybe a Jordan Lucas would make it over a Marquis Christian, just because he knows exactly what what coaching staff he's coming from. And Andy Reid being like, Andy Reid probably, hey, this could be a good addition to your team. Okay, yep, let's do it because you're my mentor. I have to, you know, I'm going to listen to everything that you say. But I think we've seen that in the past with some of the failed experiments that or failed players acquisitions that Matt Nagy has brought to this team. It all led to like connections that he's had somewhere. And Jordan Lucas, however you want to see it, he's a connection because of the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Matt Nagy. Gosh, you know, I wish I can rebuke that, but the Demetrius Harris connection and just letting that guy even make the team was such a such a mistake in hindsight. Uh, I mean, it didn't look good in preseason. Didn't look good in training no. camp. But he still made it, and it didn't look good at all. And then for like three weeks, they're like, yeah, no, you can just sit on the bench for the rest of the year, and that'll be that. Uh, so maybe, uh, maybe he allows his... Uh, I'll say ego for a back of a, a lack of a better term. I kind of let him dictate that decision at the end of the day, but hopefully that's a Sean Desai has a little bit more weight in it. And if whoever he likes more, if they're going to go with the fifth safety kind of squeezes in the new safeties coach, like that's who should have the final say here. Not coach Nagy as much as maybe he has that chief's connection to Jordan Lucas. That should not be the reason why he makes this team, uh, but it may very well be. And if that's the case, then you're right, and I'm wrong, and uh, I'll accept it. I, I, get, I had to provide some good point. I'm like, damn, he got me. <laughs> so then it just came with it on the spot. I'm like, that wasn't in my notes. Like, what does Jordan Lucas have that I didn't mention? Connections. And that provides comfortability for Matt Nagy. And what do my notes me go with? I mean, that's the workforce today, right? It's all about who you know and... For Jordan Lucas, luckily for him, he knows Coach Nagy, and they have that shared uh, experience. So all very interesting, and I had an upper hand because, you know, I had to prepare for that special teams episode. I mean, uh, the state of the franchise, the safety episode for the countdown to camp. It's been a long double duty, and we're getting to the tail end of this one. So a little bit of fatigue here. Let's move on to special team which I'm assuming, you know, you just have three roster spots left. We're all at 50 right now. There shouldn't be, you know, any surprises except uh, apparently Mason. I don't. I wasn't counting all your 53. You can you can still have Mac kicking here, and that would surprise me. But I have three special teamers. I have a long snapper, a punter, and a kicker. You all in the same boat? Yes, sir. You got yeah, two. just at the same three cornerstones. At this so point. You, you got the two Patricks and a Cairo. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. So we got Santos, little helper, Patrick O'Donnell, and Patrick Scales. Anything you want to say there? I feel like there's no competition for any of these guys. So they're walking into camp as the trio, and they'll walk out of the tri- camp the same exact way. And that's where I'll leave it, at least for the roster prediction. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is I think this this will be a big year for O'Donnell to see if he can improve a bit, just because. He has, I don't know, I am I think the Bears can improve their pondering situation substantially, so I think this is a year that they're, he needs to step up. Nick, how about you? Anything you want to say on special teams? Nope. <laughs> you sure? You don't have Not- anything burning? Because we're not on that one either. We're ending on safety and special teams, the only two you missed of the whole summer. But you, you have a prime opportunity to bring in, you know, your two cents. 
and my two cents are worthless <laughs> because I have nothing. So let's go. All right. Well, that's it. Hey, any surprises or any, at the end of the day, I know, Nick, you're going to share your just some of your practice squad guys. And I'll try to think of a few here on the spot, too. Uh, I know I have a couple. Um, but is there anything out of the whole 53 for any of us? Anything I said, anything Mason said, anything you said, Nick, that surprises you? Not necessarily surprises me. I think it will be interesting what the Bears do the Bears carry more running backs to Mason's point, how he kind of sees his 53-man roster going, because it very well could shape that way, or defensive linemen. Do they bring on an extra one because of Mario Edwards being suspended the first two games? And honestly, I kind of forgot about that until we started talking about it on this episode. Like, he got suspended. Didn't even consider that into how I got five defensive linemen. But those are going to be interesting because they, they're key players at both, both positions, defensive line and running back. And how will the Bears kind of manage do they just supplement somebody else being there or really just fortify another position because of it but um those are the two positions that you know got me thinking a little bit for sure yeah that's kind of i'm still like five running backs with cohen on the pup then you have six who do you drop how does that impact your special teams so those are all the questions in my mind right now but i don't know i feel like it was for the most part, by and large, the same. Just a couple positions, one here, one off there. But I knew coming into this, we'd be close, but different enough to make it interesting. And I think that's pretty much how it turned out. What about you, Mason? Tell me where I'm wrong. You guys have convinced me. I, I'm adjusting my 53. I'm cutting CJ. I'm sorry. I got to send him home. And I'm going to bring Snowden in. I just, I do, I as we talked about it, and I was like, yeah, he's not making it to the practice squad. Um and just having the unknowns with Robert Quinn and right the next the third person in line, there's there's still some unknown with Travis Gibson. Jeremiah Tachu is not a spring chicken anymore either, and we're not 100 percent sure we're going to get it. Just having options there would be better. So you guys have firmly convinced me on that. But you know, I definitely do. I stand by having Tonga on there. I mean, we don't know what we're getting out of Goldman at this point. The hope is he comes back full force. But what if he needs more breaks week one? Right? Uh, like we said, we also don't have a Mario Edwards. So you might need that extra body just to rotate through. But besides that, I don't think there were too, too many disagreeances in there. You know, at the end of the day, you're talking about the end of the roster. Like, what do you need more? Is the fifth inside linebacker going to provide you the most special team or, or help there? Or is it going to be your, you know, extra running back that you have? If when Tariq, if and when Tariq Cohen comes back, I wouldn't have a problem sending Nall packing. I don't know. I mean, that's a tough call. I'm surprised neither of you just really harped on me for the Desmond Trufant. Well, I have him too. That's fair, but you still could have harped on me for it. Yeah, well, I don't like that you have Desmond Trufant. Right. I I took it from you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know Mason's been very adamant. Like, he's not a fan. I just don't. I think it was just like a signing to have someone there. And because probably of the concern, like what's Trey going to look like? Because he had the injury too, right? I mean, he had the broken foot, already burnt at the ACL. So now you have Trufant sitting there if either of them or if, if both have some type of health issue. So I can see why you'd have it there. And there's a lot of unknowns. We just don't know what that looks like. Because again, the NFL does not let you know anything about health concerns whatsoever. Do we make a bet with Nick about Wims making this roster or not? Nick, how how confident are you that Javon Wims makes this roster? I think he's going to make it. I honestly do. Like, I, again, maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. Just going putting too much into the positional value and like his 
I guess what, how he kind of fits in this offense, but yes, he, he messed up, but I think the bears already had an opportunity to let him go. Why didn't they let him go right then and there? They, they, they don't lose any more money than they do taking him into camp. He's just taking up space. Then if he, if they were so adamant on not having him, I think he'd be gone already. Like George McCaskey talked about him. Obviously Matt Nagy did, but he's still going into camp. And there's, so there's a potential he can earn that trust back. And it's got to be done with actions and not words, obviously. But I feel like if the Bears were done with Javon Wims, he would not be here. But he's going to suit up and be in camp. I I believe he has a different number, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a new person, new, fresh start, knowing that he screwed up at the the biggest levels. When you punch somebody for one and you drop a wide-open touchdown, you need a new start. And the Bears are at least giving him that. And he has an opportunity. So I, I do think he makes it. New number, new me, whims. I don't know, Mason, you seem like you wanted to chime in there. My retort to that would be camp is all about competition. And how do you, how can you test your cornerbacks? If you're bringing in a wide receiver off the street that is learning the playbook themselves is going to probably make mistakes I think it would be it's better for the camp to have whims there, someone who knows the offense, who can give a good look to the defense that you're trying to figure out who the heck you're playing, than to have insert person's name here that was just bagging groceries the week before. Yeah, but it's not bagging groceries. It's Newsome. It's Bird. It's Goodwin. Those are those are guys that were the receiver that would replace whims like on the ninety not the final 53 understood yeah that's why you bring him to camp 100 yeah. percent, right there's no reason they had to cut him before it wasn't like they're costing him an arm and a leg or anything you can bring him to camp you could roll with him here right but i don't think he's going to separate himself enough and or he's really worn a roster spot when you look at some of the other positions i don't nick you are not in that mindset i just that's kind of where i sit right now and maybe it's just because i'm over the whims experience but i think more importantly it's i think they really revamped this wide receiver group enough that you don't need to have that be the bottom end of your roster you can cut it you can prune it one more spot up and the whole position is equally as strong as it was with them if not a little bit better now without them so one final question nick false we all know he's on the team unless they trade him. And I'm not, and, and people listening know, I'm not big into speculating on trades and things of that nature. But I'm just curious for a thought exercise. If you had that extra roster spot, who would you add to it? Nick, you have a whole practice squad that you can poach from. So I'll go to you first. What would be the next player that you would elevate and why? Uh, Mason already talked about it. Charles Snowden would be that guy. That's a guy that has a lot of potential. And it makes sense with that outside linebacker room. Just adding somebody that, again, could could exceed expectations. And we already talked about it. Could be poached off easily. As soon as they, his name enters practice squad, boom, he's gone. Right? He won't even clear waivers. So I think that would be a guy, um, you know, if a, a spot were to open up, i put Charles Snow down it. Would you bring Marble back now, Mason? Uh, I think I think at this rate you guys have convinced me where I'm like, Sorry, I, I still got to cut you, even though we just traded for Foles. I b- might bring in Jordan Lucas. Because mm-hmm. you, you only had the four, right? Yeah, I had the four. So I think at that rate, Maribel's already on the plane right home, unfortunately. So I still got, I'd be between Josh Woods and Lucas probably, and I would probably go with Lucas, just have a little more safety depth. Riley Ridley's just done. Like, I know none of us even, I, I brought his name up early, but 
he is just out of contention, even if there's an, another spot to open up. I know it's a crowded wide receiver room, but Riley Ridley, practically still practice squad eligible, but 53, not even, not even considering it, right? No, not even close. I didn't even think that he could make this team. Like when I went through my, my wide receivers, I mean, to be most honest, personally, I didn't even think Williams was going to make this team. It was to me clear cut. These are going to be the guys moving on. Yeah, no, oh, I, mean, yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, he's he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities, but in the NFL, talent plays. So there's something he is doing wrong or isn't doing right behind the scenes to not get the to not get snaps. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it makes sense. It, it's just, man, what a waste of a pick. And it, maybe Riley really goes on somewhere else to do more just more than what he did in chicago and that's not hard to do because he didn't do much here but yeah what was that a fourth round pick right after david montgomery they went to go get riley really everyone thought it was a steal and here we are now he's he's on my practice squad on my list of guys that i have here but that's about it it's tough because we've talked about it during the wide receiver episode doesn't get a lot of looks but somehow i mean he makes the most of the targets that he's gotten throughout his career it's just that he doesn't get on the field. And it's either a huge flaw in the coaching staff right now that they just don't see the talent, even if it's right in front of them. But I feel like even if he's out there and he's being productive, it's because defenses are focusing on the other players. They're just letting Riley Ridley be like that last guy they're going to worry about. So even though he's someone that's, I would say, made the most of his looks, he's still obviously not showing that coaching staff what he they're expecting out of him to take that step. And it's unfortunate, you know, he can't live up to that older brother status, you know, Calvin Ridley. And even though he slid down a bit in the draft when they did get him, there was a lot of good buzz that he can still be a pretty productive player in this league and not a diamond in the rough because he was well known, but someone that can polish into a capable receiver that can be a part of a rotation at the very least. And even though it's been a couple of years, I feel like the Bears with their offseason addition to at the position they speak so loudly to me that they do not feel confident that Riley really will make that jump. I completely agree with that. Completely. Absolutely. Anything else that you guys want to mention about the rosters as a whole? Any player that you just really want to pat yourself on the back for? Uh, you, you can mention Jake Butt one more time, Mason, as I kind of scroll here. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I feel like my 53, actually all of our 53s, I feel good about this team. And I love the competition that they're breeding at a lot of positions because even though some are obvious, there are guys that are on the cusp. And I know, Nick, you'll mention them on your practice squad here in just a moment. And I feel like there's some crowded rooms here. And I'm going to trust my gut on some of the names that kind of will stand out once camp and preseason's over. But I feel like comparing this roster compared to last year's, I feel much better about the quality of depth uh, than maybe I did entering the 2020 season. Anything you guys wanted to add? I feel the same way about the roster and it, the strength of it overall because, like, on my practice squad, there's some guys that last year they probably would have made that roster looking at the guys that were currently on there. But, yeah, I completely agree with that statement. And I think credit – like, Ryan Pace, you know, will get – deservingly so get his his um you know criticisms but he does find ways to rebuild this roster add some guys and bring some quality talent to chicago and we'll see how it manifests itself on on the football field because that's where it counts but there we had some 
there's some tough decisions and there's some players that easily could have made other rosters, other 53s for sure. Mm-hmm. Mason, anything you wanted to kind of chime in here with? Yeah. I mean, this kind of connects to our previous episode, more of a storyline, but um, with Roquan Smith, you know, Fred Warner getting the contract he did, is there during this time period, is he going to all of a sudden get look into an extension perhaps, or, or is Pace going to wait until the con- the money looks a little better for the bears since they're strapped right now. But I think that factors into what you might be doing at some of these other positions inside linebacker in terms of where some of that money is going to get tied up, especially big chunks of change that a Roquan Smith might take. True. That's another big upcoming thing that the bears will need to manage at one point or another. If that turns into another Allen Robinson type situation, Boy, uh, are we in a world that is hurt. I don't think Roquan's going to take it as gracefully. Uh, just not, to, not a knock on Roquan, but at this age of his career, what he's been able to do, putting up those all-pro numbers, and the Bears drafted him in the top 10. Ryan Pace said, hey, we need to retain draft talent. He said that as soon as he was signed here in Chicago to be the GM. You build your team through the draft. You supplement with free agency. If we can't retain our draft talent, whether it's guys are busting, Kevin White, Mitchell Trubisky, or you're just not being able to retain them. If that would be damning, I think, to Ryan Pace's credibility a bit. Uh, so that is something that is definitely on our radar looking forward. I just don't think it's a space now to talk about the need for a Roquan extension. Nick, tell me who's on your practice squad. I got Latavius Simmons. Uh, who else? I'm just going off the top of my head. Simmons, Hambright, you know, two seventh round guys last year. They drafted for the offensive line for sure. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think. I mentioned Tonga is an easy one for me to stand out with. And then from there, I feel like any of the running backs, Marble, Marbell can make it, uh, even Pierce if they wanted, uh, things of that nature. But that's just top off my head, not even looking at my sheet. Guys, but I'm sure you have a little bit more of a robust list. Apparently, you filled out the whole entire practice squad. Yeah, I don't know if it's 16 anymore because I'm moving around, guys, as as we were talking. But I have Marquis Christian making it back on the practice squad. Trey Roberson is on the practice squad. Lakeel London, Tonga, like you said. I brought Ladarius Mack because... Why not? You Keep Khalil happy. Players. Exactly. Uh, Dieter uh, Esselin, the, the lineman, brought him back. Hambright and Simmons, like you said. Ryan Nall, he's, you know, sub, you know, just supplanted himself on the practice squad forever. Uh, Jesper Horstead, Riley Ridley's on there, too, if you want. Um, and Joel E.A. Buniwe, who didn't make my 53, he gets demoted. He's on, he's on the practice squad. Does he have Honestly, eligibility? He does, I'm pretty sure, because you can add up to two players that well see that so they haven't announced the rules yet for twenty twenty one, but in twenty twenty they had it where teams can now keep up to oh six players, sorry, with no limits on experience. Um so this was it was due to COVID, that's why they put those new um new rules in there, but maybe someone like that. Does he just get picked up right away? Because he does have some experience. And of course, and this is not all sixteen, but I also have the great, and I'm looking forward to watching him in training camp. Thomas, Thomas Ives? Ives. Yes, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Thomas Ives is going to make some moves in Bears training camp with the threes and definitely maybe the twos. Who knows? But yeah. No Scooter Harrington? Uh, did I have Scooter Harrington on here? Oh my God, See, I don't, even have, I don't even have 16 on here anymore. <laughs> now it looks like 14. So we'll add Scooter Harrington on there too. Booyah. Nice. Any... Other names, Mason, that you are kind of keeping in your practice squad bubble? Uh, Nick name, named most of them. I also like Caleb Johnson. I think he's a really interesting linebacker that 
again, just kind of, it would be nice to have some young linebackers coming through uh, and also just protected here. I think that's something that's actually interesting is last year, I'm pretty sure almost every week, the person that was protected was, can you name who that was? Who, who the Bears protected every single time from the practice squad? Who could? No. I, no. I remember uh, it was like a weird, like the weekly so-and-so safe and it, it yeah. never made any sense. Who was it? Someone who might have like worn like a certain number before that maybe Nick Foles had. Oh, no. yeah, Tyler Bray. That's right, wasn't it? Every time, Tyler, I would be get a tweet, Tyler Bray is protected this week. And I'm like, why him? But so, so I'm kind of curious who uh, the Bears are going to covet now this year, like who's going to be protected on the practice squad. Yeah. Really, really good points there, too. Like that's another kind of wrinkle to the whole thing, right? Like that ability to protect now and block uh, because that is newer. Uh, so there's a little bit more strategy to your practice squad filling uh, as well. So uh, that's, I think that's it. Uh, obviously, all three of us are 100% accurate with these predictions. I know that doesn't make any sense. That's impossible, but surely that must be the case. And uh, any words of wisdom, guys, before I head out on vacation? I'm going to try to enjoy it. I'm going to go as dark as I can, but it's going to be really hard with the practices starting up. Uh, that's a, That was going to be my advice. Like, get off, like, I don't know if I can stay off Twitter or social media for long periods of time. I need to get better with that, but you should definitely do that. Enjoy vacation, and if you do any, see any text messages from me, just just ignore it. I won't even. Well, I already have like a whole, you know, Nick. I'm leaving. This is how you kind of run the ship type of you know post and outline and project management stuff for us. But it's going to be in there. Like, if you need to use the bat phone and give me a call because, like, the pod is broken, please do that. I will have my laptop just in case because, I don't know, I feel like it's better to be prepared because usually when you're prepared, you're okay. Things are things will work out. But, yeah, I'm going to try to go as dark as I can. But I also fear that if I go completely dark, catching up on what the heck's happened at Bears Camp, that's going to be an undertaking task that I don't know if I want to attempt. So I feel like I have to at least be in the loop. I need to know what the heck's going on. And that's why I will be checking in on all your great coverage over there at Hallis Hall there, Nick. And uh, I'll miss you all here for about a week and a half. But come back with a fresh, uh, you know, uh, refreshed, a, a new kind of sense of renewing this i don't know we've been podcasting for like two and a half hours oh i'll be so tan hanging out on the beach for uh, a good week between uh, we're going to myrtle beach and then charleston south carolina so if any listeners are in those areas between july 25th through august 2nd let me know and uh, we'll see what we can make happen all right That'll do it, Bears fans. Thanks, everyone, who gave this episode a watch or a listen. We really, really do appreciate the time that you share with us. Uh, again, Mason and I won't be at Bears camp, but Nick will. So that's really tremendous uh, that we'll get some representation uh, over there. And if you did get tickets, uh, congratulations. Use them up and enjoy yourself over there at Bears camp at Hallis Hall. Can't wait to see uh, how it looks and really how it's all kind of shaping out. I miss Bear Benet. Uh, tremendously, um, but I am also excited to see what's to come here with this next chapter. Uh, Again, have fun, you too, uh, on the podcast here. Uh, In my absence, podcast as much uh, as you would like between now and then, and uh, that actually, if you just podcast, I can listen to that, and then that would be my way of being able to kind of stay up to date, because that's what we do here uh, at the Chicago Audible. So, I'll talk to you all here soon on the flip side of this vacation, Uh, but until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.